0: One of the things i love about this show in the five years we've gained a mythology we did what we have yeah you gained a mythology i'm a myth you, we're both myths stuff like uh, the fact that yeah. you want yeah. to see why you would be a myth uh, uh, the it, fact it, that it, like there it, are people who refer to who the beautiful one now yeah who yeah. talk about how you can love your characters but you can't yeah. love your characters we all feel better in the dark. we all feel better we all, <laughs> we, all we all feel better in the dark. We all feel better in the dark. In the dark. In the dark. In the dark.
1: I'm going to drop this one time for your mind right now. Tommy D on the mic, best listen up now. Better in the dark is taking place right now. But this ain't a normal show, this is .5 now. Yeah, I said it, show's a little shorter. But they give you content in a timely order. So, take note to everything they mentioning. Better in the dark, .5, get the listening. Hyphen, what it is right now. Time is what it is right now. Derek what it is right now better in the dark what it is right now (laughs)
0: and until we get back in touch with you
1: go watch that movie
0: right Devin go watch that movie (laughs) you people are going to get something you've been wanting for a long time because at least for the next half hour 40 minutes we'll see how long it goes it might go even longer we're going to be talking about Star Wars
1: Something that Tom has absolutely no interest in
0: whatsoever. Although it was funny. I was on, on the way over. I was listening to episode 600 of earth Truth.net, the show. And in it, Mike Sims and Dan Tolan. The anti-Tom. We're talking about the Star Wars Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And listening to that show was worth it just to hear Dan Tolan try to explain with disgust what Wookiee Cookies were. Yeah. So, anyway. We're going to assume this is a .5. We'll see how long it lasts, because we realize it might go on for a while. We're talking about the recent development. As of yesterday, it was announced that J.J. Abrams, Mr. Alias, Mr. Felicity, Mr. Mission Impossible 4... Is that the right one? Was it, it Was no, four? No, it was uh, three or four?
1: Brad Bird did the last okay, one. Okay,
0: Brad Bird with the, the Ghost Protocol. Ghost
1: Protocol, yeah. Which is the highest grossing one, I think, so
0: far. J.J. Abrams did three. Mr. Mission Impossible Three. Right, that was the one with, with the rabbit's foot. Yeah. Feli- Actually, Kerry uh, Russell playing Felicity as a secret agent. Yeah. I and mean, okay. J.J. Abrams will tell you that's what he intended, because that's what he intended for Felicity to eventually have happen. She was going to join the CIA. Oh, cool. So this was his way of doing that. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lost
1: Mr. Fringe
0: Mr. Fringe has been asked to direct what will be the seventh Star Wars film which is due out in 2015 is it? Somewhere around there Reaction has been mixed to say the mm-hmm. least Not
1: really Everybody thinks it's a good idea Everybody that I've seen th- thinks it's a
0: good idea I don't idea. think it's a good idea But then again I'm not a Star Wars fan but Yeah So who cares <clears throat> what I think?
1: And a lot of people have jumped on me because of course people ask me because they know I'm a Star Wars fan Oh, well, what do you think, what do you think? And my reaction was, meh. Yeah. Well, what do you mean, meh? Oh, man, this is the greatest thing to happen. Well, no, I don't jump up and have orgasms every time somebody is announced to direct a movie. Until the movie actually hits the theater, there's a lot of things that could change. Because
0: evidently I missed that Alan Parker directed Watchmen that was supposed to come out circa 1992.
1: Right. And to me, quite frankly, I think that if he does do this, I think he's doing it simply so he can have the bragging rights of being the first director to direct both a Star Wars and a Star Trek movie. I really think at his core. But then again, folks, like I keep telling you, I'm a cynical bastard. So you don't have to believe this because there are those of you out there who are convinced he's doing this because he's a Star Wars fan and he loves Star Wars and that's the only motivation for doing it. Of course, the fact that they're paying him several truckloads of money to do this has absolutely nothing at all to do with mm-hmm. it. Oh of course. Oh my god, heaven forbid that these directors and writers and actors what are actually... doing this for
0: money. Feed their children. Oh
1: god, no. They're doing it so they can provide you mm-hmm. with a, a healthy fantasy life. If you had told me somebody like Adam Egoyan was going to do a Star Wars <laughs> movie. Oh my god. See I'd be there day one for that <laughs> shit. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that idea. If you told me Brad Bird was going to be doing a Star oh Wars my movie, God. I, I'd be excited. Joe Johnston, who just did Captain America. If you told me he was going to... Guillermo del Toro. If you told me he was going to do a Star Wars movie, I'd be excited. J.J. Abrams doing a Star Wars movie does not... If you told me Josh Whedon was going to do a Star yeah. Wars movie, I'd be jumping up at down. But J.J... Abrams, it don't turn my crank, folks. See, okay, here's
0: my problem with J.J., and keep in mind where I'm coming from. And
1: I like him, I like his work, yeah. don't get me wrong, but it's just that it doesn't make me orgasm,
0: It really don't. Now, about two years ago, we did a two-part episode where we talked about the Star Trek franchise, we did right. the movies and we did the television show. As a part of that, I watched all the Star Trek movies. And if you remember, my opinion after watching all the Star Trek movies was that While I did not still like the franchise, I came that away with a respect for it Because I saw a lot of what Gene Roddenberry and later on the others wanted to do mm-hmm. with that franchise And I hated, mm-hmm. absolutely hated the reboot mm-hmm. Because I felt that what J.J. Abrams did Was take out everything that I had come to respect About the franchise All the intellectualism And all the actual science fictional elements All the, the stuff about humanism And replaced it with just A fair to middling Action movie story
1: Which is what it is I liked it, but I'm not disputing what you said it, I'm not yeah. disputing what you say at all, my friend Because you're absolutely right The reboot is strictly action-adventure It's Wrath of Khan All over again. Instead of Star Trek, the motionless picture. Which... And I do respect the fact that you watched all of these movies. And you came away with that. Because as much as I tell people... And you know me. I'm a huge trick. The last movie I would give anybody to watch is Star Trek, the motionless picture. However... At its core, that is what Star Trek is about. The exploration of space and asking the big questions about life and what it is to be human and what it is to explore the universe and the whole wonder and majesty. Star Trek is not just action-adventure. This was about going out and exploring the universe and getting answers to the big questions. Star Wars is Flash Gordon. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. These are two sides of science fiction that have lived side-by-side as brothers for more years than we've been alive.
0: I would even... That Star Wars isn't really science fiction. It's science fantasy. It's a, what what did I just say? Flash yeah, Gordon. Flash
1: Gordon. It's a sword and sorcery thing, but sitting out of space. For God's sake, we've got guys that are waving swords at each other. You call them lightsabers, but they're swords. We've got guys with magic powers. The Jedi Knights. You've got aliens, and everybody can breathe the same atmosphere. Yeah. It's a fantasy, but you go with it because it's fun. Right. Okay, you got... And then you have Star Trek. Never shall the twain meet. Star Trek is not Star Wars... Star Wars is not Star Trek. Neither should it be. For you to have one guy directing both movies is telling me that you're saying that you don't see no difference in yeah. between them. Now, it could be that he will bring a different directorial style. Doing Star Wars, but why should he? You know why they're hiring him? Because they saw he did another movie with Star in yeah. the title, and they said, well, maybe he could do it. See, and me, that's a calculated move on their part to really drum up more interest in the project. Because out of all the qualified directors that are in Hollywood that could have done a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie, why are you gonna go get J.J. J. Abrams? Because you wanna capitalize on the success he's had with right. Star Wars movie. From a business standpoint, I give them high marks
0: for doing it. From a creative standpoint, I say. You suck. That's why my gut impulse upon reading this is that, well, he's going to strip out what little intelligence there is in Star Wars, which Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of, and give us a straight action movie. It won't be as noticeable as it was in Star Trek, but I think it will be noticeable. And let's face it, J.J.
1: Abrams had to give them an action movie because they had too much money riding on Mm -hmm. this. The whole success of the Star Trek franchise rode on this reboot. If the reboot didn't click, we would not be seeing a sequel. Come on now, trust me. Right. So there was a lot riding on it. So what do you do? Well, I got to give him an action adventure story. And I don't blame him for that. But then after you do that, then you say, okay, now let's give him something a little bit more different, something a little bit more closer to what Star Trek really is. But from the little I've seen of the new movie, Into, Into darkness, the darkness, it looks like it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. It looks like more action adventure stuff, which I really don't have a problem with. Because if I want to see what I consider to be real Star Trek, well, I've got five TV series that are on Netflix as well as all Mm -hmm. other movies. I'm content to go back with rewatching them. It's all right with me. I'm just despair of a generation that is growing up now and they think that that's what Star Trek is. You know, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. That they grow up thinking that's what it is and don't expose themselves to Gene Roddenberry Star Trek.
0: Well, we're getting now the Star Trek version of the Doctor Who fans. People that you and I would mix up with, say, oh, everything in the classic series is stupid. All the companions were girl school screamers. Right. All the people the new series is all that matters. And I think that the
1: same thing has happened because, and me, I've talked to some people who were not interested at all in Star Trek until they heard J.J. J. Abrams right. was, Well, you're watching it because you're a J.J. Abrams fan, not right. because you're a Star Trek fan. They come away thinking, well, that's what Star Trek is supposed to mm-hmm. be about. And instead of saying, this was good Let me go back and watch the other movies and see what those Mm -hmm. were like. And exposing themselves to what Gene Roddenberry's vision of what Star Trek was supposed to be. They're
0: not going to do that, and I think that the same thing is going to happen with Star Wars. I floated this out to you last night when we were coming up with this topic. I kind of believe that this might be the case, that one of the reasons Star Wars has such a mythic hold on so many people mm-hmm. is that it is a finite thing. It is a thing that has only been really six movies if you don't count the Expanded Universe stuff and you don't mm-hmm. count the various Lucasfilms cash-ins. Mm-hmm. Like the droids TV show and the... Which I liked. The Ewoks TV shows. I like that too. This isn't a value judgment. I'm just saying that for most people, those six movies, and for a long time those three movies before those <coughs> other three movies came in, were it. You could see all that is Star Wars in it, just under a day. If that finiteness is what gives it such a magical hold on people, now that we're getting this product every two years if that is going to dim the brightness of this phenomenon.
1: The case can be made that George Lucas did that himself. He dimmed the
0: brightness when he did the... And couldn't stop tampering with his own work.
1: Every couple of years, instead of opening it up, which is what I've been saying for years, Mm -hmm. he should open up Star Wars and... Every two years, go to a new director, Mm -hmm. a new writer, and say, listen, you want to do a Star Wars movie? Come down to Lucas Ranch or wherever, Skywalker Ranch, go ahead and do your own Star Wars movie. Indiana Jones, I've been saying for years. I don't know why you people keep on screaming that only Harrison Ford can do Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford is going to die soon. Yes. There is no reason why the character should die with him. Get Sean Patrick Flannery, who I even looked it up. The man's in his late 40s. He's still a young man. And he's already played Indiana Jones. So that invalidates the argument that nobody else can play Indiana Jones. Because people forget we've had three other actors play Indiana Jones in the young Indiana Jones series. We had him as a young boy, as a young man, and as an old man. So we have had other people play Indiana Jones. Sean Patrick Flannery, give him the fedora and the whip and let him go ahead and do a new trilogy Indiana Jones movies. If we had this mentality, we wouldn't have Daniel Craig playing James Bond now. You're old enough to remember back then when Sean Connery... Oh, nobody else can play James Bond except for Sean Connery. Well, that's been proven to be invalid. Any actor... Can come to a role and play a role played by somebody else if they are faithful to the spirit of the character, which is what we've, right. always, well, said. we've always
0: said. Right, It was one of the first things we said on Better in the Dark yeah. way back in 2007.
1: Somebody who I think would have made a perfect Indiana Jones if they let him do it 10, 15 years ago. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. because if you notice, the guy, a lot of times you look, he looks a lot like Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. He could play his brother, really. He looks and sounds a lot like him. And I think he would have made a good in Indiana Jones. But with this whole thing that we're getting into now with the reboots, and reboots is something that's going to happen. It's here to stay, so we might as well stop crying about it and saying that we hate them and we don't like them. But what we have to start doing as intelligent moviegoers is that we have to start evaluating each reboot for what it is and stop stacking it up and comparing it to the others. Not too long ago, our good friend Van Allen Plexico was talking about James Bond on his Facebook page. I jumped in because I'm a big James Bond fan, as you know. And when, of course, when you get James Bond fans, we make lists of who our favorite James Bonds are. And I said, well, first thing I do is I take Sean Connery out of the equation. Because it is not fair to compare everybody else to Sean Connery because his James Bond is the James Bond. Let's right. face it. And there is no way nobody else can compare to him. And by the same token, it's not fair to compare Daniel Craig and Georgia Lazenby to him. Especially right. Georgia Lazenby who only did one movie. Yeah. I mean, come on. Give the guy a And then break. became an ass. And, yeah, well, but you well, know, he's admitting it now. That's the great thing. But, but you know something? Yeah. Even if he is an ass, you still can't compare... It's like if you wrote nine books and I yeah. wrote one. Now, unless I wrote Molly Fog and War yeah. and Peace, it's not fair to compare my one book against your six. Right. You see what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. So you take Sean Connery out of the equation, you put him on the shelf. Well, that still leaves you with five other actors that you can grade for one right. to five. And that's what you do. Same token. J.J. Abrams. his one Star Trek flick. Now, two. You have what, six other movies done by various directors. Is it fair to compare the Gene Roddenberry canon starred... Trek II, to the JJ Abrams New Universe Star Trek. Right. I don't think so. Which is why I do not compare when people ask me all the time, well, how do you think it stacks up against someone say Wrath of Khan? I said, Well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Because Wrath of Khan is any right-thinking person knows is the best Star Trek movie ever right. made. And it has been for 30 years. And it'll probably 30 years from now, it'll still be the best Star Trek movie ever made. But still, no. What you compare it to is the other Roddenberry movies. You don't compare right. it to the J.J. Abrams movie. Now, is the Star Trek going to be better than Into Darkness? You can compare them two and right. let them two fight it out, all you want. If that makes any
0: sense, right? No, it makes sense. We got to stop this thing that we want to have fights
1: and compare. But these aren't you
0: okay. Know, the JJ Abrams Star Wars isn't a reboot. It is a continuation.
1: And we have to look at it that way, yeah. So why should it be any better or worse than anything else that we've gotten till now? Let's let it make the movie first. Yeah, let it make the movie first. Before we start deciding that we hate it or we love it. Me, it's a new Star Wars movie. If they gave it to Uwe Ball, I would be glad. Because George Lucas... Greg is Star Wars. Yeah, but you know something? George Lucas has had such a stranglehold on it for so right. long... That sometimes in order to give something
0: life and let it breathe, you have to let it go. Right. You and I, as writers, we know that there has to be a time where we stop revising. Yeah. I restrict myself on my own recognizance to rewrites. I do three. And then I send it out. And then I send it out. Yeah. If a third rewrite is required, that's at the behest of the editor. Of the editor, exactly. Because then I figure, that's a new set of eyes. He's seeing something I don't see. Exactly. I know that if I continue to write and rewrite and rewrite, eventually I'm going to get mush.
1: I have friends of mine who have told me to my face that they don't consider me a writer and that I'm terribly irresponsible. Mm -hmm. How so? You're supposed to keep rewriting until it's perfect. Well, that's
0: bullshit because it's never going to be perfect. I'm not going to drive myself crazy... Trying to make it... We come back to the concept of the wabi. The concept is something that that I've introduced into B.I.T.D. a couple of times to describe things. Which is, of course, in Japan, an artist would intentionally damage the canvas. Mm -hmm. He would intentionally create a mistake in the canvas. Mm -hmm. Because he felt the only way to emphasize the beauty of what he just created is to give a a contrast. Yeah. You have to send out your child, whether it's ugly or beautiful.
1: Whether it's ugly, beautiful, brilliant, or stupid as a stump, Yeah. you got to send it out there... For better or for worse When writers tell me that I know what's talking That's the insecurity talking Right And their fear of being rejected Which is something that All writers just have to learn How to fucking deal with Not everybody is gonna love What you love as much Nobody's ever gonna love What I write as much as I love it Nobody's ever gonna love What you write as much as you do And you've come to understand it And I've come to understand it Right Sooner or later You gotta kick that bitch out the door And Mm -hmm. let him make his way in the world For better or for
0: worse I mean I wonder though Sometimes if This is an attitude that's indicative of what's going on in the real world, where the parents just spoil their kids and give them whatever they want and put them in control of their lives. Yeah. For example, okay, I have an idiot uncle. I think we all have an idiot uncle, but my idiot uncle... I've got a couple has of ...has <laughs> two idiot sons. Uh-huh. The They're apple, in their late 20s. <laughs> the they have don't not moved out of the house yet. The apple don't fall right. apart from the tree. Okay, they've not moved from the house, <laughs> as far as I know. My mother asked at one point, my idiot uncle and his idiot wife. Why are they still living here long after? To which the idiot wife said, well, we don't want him to fail. But that's what builds character, is failure. Exactly. That's what builds your moral compass, is Mm -hmm. failure is making the mistakes and learning from them. A lot of these kids are learning that these days because they're being prevented from failing, and they're getting ribbons for just participating. There are no winners or losers, and that's making them arrogant. And and I think there was a point in here about J.J. Abrams at some point. And I think that what they're doing is they're trying to failure-proof this Star Wars film. But the thing is... Just like George Lucas diminished his creation because he couldn't let it go and kept tinkering, yeah, yeah, with, it and tinkering yeah. with it and adding new stuff. Taking this out yeah. and
1: putting this in. Trying to make it perfect. It was as close to perfection as you're ever going to... The original Star Wars that I saw back in 1977 mm-hmm. was like a religious experience. It was the closest thing I've ever come to a religious experience. Right. The movie was fine the way it was. I didn't have a problem with him enhancing some of the special... Remember the first edition yeah, that the we got edition. where he just enhanced some of the special effects? I didn't have a problem with that, Mm -hmm. because by that time, special effects technology
0: had developed so well that it caught up to what he saw in his head. The classic Doctor Who episodes that BBC has been putting out for a while now Uh on DVD, the more recent ones, the ones from the last two or three years, have an option where if you want to watch the show with the old clunky 1970s, 1980s special effects, you can, but they have a second track that if you click on it, Mm -hmm. they replace them with new CGI effects. New CGI effects.
1: But, and now here's the important thing mm-hmm. that George Lucas didn't learn. What they just did, they just improved the special... But they did not tamper yeah. with the story. Right. They left the story you alone. You don't have Tom
0: Baker pulling out a rifle and mowing right. down a bunch of dollars.
1: See, what George Lucas did was that he tampered with the story and with the characterizations. That's what made people crazy. Mm-hmm. Not that he changed it. But then he changed the characters. Yeah, add all the special effects you want. That's cool. That's what he should have did and left mm-hmm. it alone. But then when you're going to add some stupid shit in there like Greedo shoots first. Right. And then, no, Han's shot first. <laughs> That's the character of right. Han Solo. He's not going to wait for you to pull out a gun. He's going to pull this out and kill your ass.
0: Right. We know that this film is not a J.J. Abrams. Script. The script is written. It is based on an outline that, that Lucas devised. Right. For the next three films which are supposed to be the final trilogy.
1: Which I don't have a problem with because yeah. Lucas is a fantastic idea man.
0: Yeah. Let's face it. The man created Star Wars and we
1: got to give him props for that. But let's face it. It has gotten bigger than George Lucas now. And he just never learned how to let go of it and say I don't own this anymore. I just got to let it go be its own thing because everybody now claims Star Wars. They teach Jedi Knight. That's a wow. organized Don't get really me
0: started on those idiots.
1: Well, you were talking before about how your idiot uncle and idiot yeah. because we didn't want them to fail it was always understood in my house and it was made clear to me at early age yeah that when i hit 18 you were gone i was going no mm-hmm. matter if i had a job didn't have a job was going to college was doing this whatever it
0: was shortly I was after doing. i left college i remember this very clearly i was lying on the couch at my father chester's home mm-hmm. and my mother just walked in and said you have one month yeah after that month you can you are not staying here anymore and yeah. you just walked out
1: that's pretty much what my parents did they gave me 6 months they said yeah got 6 months whatever you're going to do go ahead and do, do it. it today people say well that's cruel no it's not because it's the best thing my mom ever did because to as a result see that's why now i am a fully self sufficient yeah. adult living in my own house paying my own mm-hmm. bills doing that because my parents told me I had to leave. If we had more parents doing that today, we would not have a generation of selfish self-centered little snots who thinks that the world owe them everything. End of sermon. And of course, naturally, we just lost 30% mm-hmm. of our audience right now. We thought you were talking about Star Wars! In a way, we are talking about Star right. Wars when we're talking about growing up Mm-hmm. And being pushed out of your house and pushed out of your comfort zone, and being forced to take chances in the world, George Lucas has got to learn to take a chance and let his, which he has done. Right, he's washed his hands of it. Yeah, he's washed his hands. He got himself a hot black whooby that yeah. he's
0: married. That chick. Have you seen that chick? I have not seen that chick. Woo, George ain't stupid. <laughs> it is like on certain this, nights Is he go like put
1: on the bikini, sweetie? After looking at this woman, he'd be a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Not too. He said, listen, I got a Princess Leia outfit in the closet over there. You think you could still don't get it? Could you slip that on? And also, I think that what happened to Red Tails took a lot yeah. out of him, too. Because let's face it, here's a movie that even if George Lucas couldn't make a success out yeah. of it, and he financed that movie with his own money, mind you. Mm-hmm. Even though he's George Lucas, no studio would finance. They said people don't want to see that. And he said, well, I'm George Lucas. Yeah, they once said, nope. No, but he you want to do Star Wars Episode But you want to do Star Wars, yeah. Hey, could you? You know, come on. And I think that disillusioned him Tremendously. Mm-hmm. He thought he had more clout right. in Her Hollywood. Right.
0: in the last couple of years, and this is something that ties in with something that we were talking about the other night about different parents deciding he's going to retire. The movie business in the last five years has radically changed. Yeah. Has radically, radically changed. Mm-hmm. It has become a digital only medium. Yeah. It has become a medium where high concepts have to rule. Because they need to get the biggest amount of money in the shortest amount of time.
1: And as you and I have said in other episodes, When we were talking about this, the B movie market is basically straight to yeah, DVD, it's
0: straight for DVD, straight stuff to now. DVD
1: stuff now. That's the day. Yeah. There is no way for you to break into the business mm-hmm. unless you do straight to DVD. Nobody's going to. Give you a first-time director $200 million to tell you to go make a right.
0: movie. You have to have a music video or... Or you
1: have to go make your own independent film first. Right. Go ahead and sell a kidney mm-hmm. and get 1.5 or whatever is going for in Indonesia these days. Yeah. And go make your own independent feature. And then... Somebody said, "Okay, well, snap this guy up. He's good, and give him twelve million dollars and see what he does with that." But that's where you get into right. the business now. Nobody will give you money—at least, not any of the major studios—will not give you money and say, "Here, kid, go shoot a movie." Right. And there are no more Roger Corman's.
0: Mm-hmm. Got to remember that too. Roger Corman's not going to last much longer not, Well, Roger, Corman, what? he's in his nineties now. He's in his nineties, yeah. and he just finished making a movie of his own, yeah. *Attacking
1: the Fifty-Foot Cheerleader*. But what I'm saying is that Roger Corman was a guy, and we've talked about this in our Roger Corman. Yeah. Episode. He gave jobs to half the people in right. Hollywood because he gave them a camera and said, Listen, I got some film left over. You got three days. Go shoot a movie. Right. And people. What? Go shoot a movie? And Peter Fonda tells a great story about that. He's literally, that's what he did. He said, here, take this film again. Go take the second unit. I got them for three or four more days. But I'm finished my movie. Go take them and shoot a movie. He said, really? And he got together with Jack. That's when they shot the trip. Right. Him and Jack Nicholson. But, but, but you don't
0: have that yeah. anymore. Because everybody speculated that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, it was all because they wanted to get an in the way that they have an in with girls, with the princesses. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have the equivalent for young boys. Right. To get them indoctrinated to the Disney brand. But the thing is, the one thing we can say about Star Wars is that because it was a single unified vision, if you will. It was George Lucas's unified vision of this adventure world. Are we going to get that, or are we just going to get a series of formulae? Because I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, is that the Disney films tend to fall into formula. Once Disney came roaring back in the 90s with The Little Mermaid, that formula got kind of high-bound for about 15 years.
1: See, this is something that I have to strongly disagree with. Okay. Because you know what you're giving me? You're giving me the same argument that people gave us back when they bought Marvel. And okay. you see what Disney did? They left that alone. They said, here, you guys go off on your little corner right. over here. We're not going to do... And that has reaped enormous rewards for them by keeping their
0: hands off. they right. Same thing with The Muppets. Let's not forget The yeah, Muppets. The mu- yeah, The Muppets. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing that I think is the kind of the difference here. Okay. When... Uh, Disney wanted to revive the Muppet brand, who did they turn to? Well, Jason Siegel, who was a massive Muppets fan, was unapologetic about that. Somebody who wanted to do this project like nobody's effing business. Who did they turn to as the first steward of their Star Wars brand? JJ Abrams. Right. Who I think is the anti Jason Siegel.
1: Well listen, I'm not disputing that and I yeah. told you what I think. I think he's doing this simply for the ego stroke right. to be able to say, Yeah, well I did Star Wars and Star Trek. Which you suck it bitch. Which and let's be honest, that ain't bad to have yeah. on your resume. This is a fail-proof movie. There's no way in hell he's not going to fail like this. Because every Star Wars fan in the world is going to go see it. I don't care how much. And because it's not episode
0: one, two, and three, it's going to be.
1: I don't care how much the Star Wars fans bitch, moan, and whine on the internet about it. Day one, they're going to be there with their money in their fist to see it. So, this is nothing but a win-win-win for J.J. Abrams. There's no way he can lose with this. So even if the Star Trek movie flops, which again, that's not going to fail either. The guy's sitting on top of the world as far as this deal is concerned. And he was very smart. Like I said, from a business standpoint, he was very smart to do
0: this. He's got fuck you money on top of fuck you money.
1: He can roll the world over and just plug it the behind all day long. It's ridiculous, yeah. But, I mean, for me, and I'm not being a hypocrite, folks, I'm going to go see the movie. Right. All I'm just saying is that I'm not turning handsprings or cartwheels. Mm -hmm. I'm not as excited about it as everybody else is. And that's only because I would be more excited if another director's name had been mentioned. Because it's J.J. Abrams. I'm pretty much sure that he's not going to change his directorial style too much to do a Star Wars You know movie. what that Darth Vader needs? A little lens flare on his helmet. Exactly. That's what we're going to see. We're going to see lens flare off of Darth Vader's helmet. It's all right. Because it is what it is. We were talking about the David Lynch episode yeah. that we just did, folks. Mm-hmm. The point .5. I don't know if you've heard it by now. But I mentioned, I said, that I could see a scenario where David Lynch makes a pilot, shows it to the people at NBC, and they say, well, we don't want this. Well, why not? Well, it's not what we thought we were going to get. Well, you hired David Lynch. What did you think you were going to get? You hired J.J. Abrams based on what he did in Star Trek. So we know what we're going to get. And guarantee, you're going to have people complain about Lens Flair. But it's J.J., what did you think he was going to do? To me, that's like walking into... Applebee's and ordering a Big Mac and you right. get pissed off with them. Well, if you want a Big Mac, why don't go you go, go, go to Burger King? What did you come to Applebee's for? You don't go to Applebee's and order a Big Mac. It's just that simple. So, we're going to get a J.J. J. Abrams movie. It's going to make a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be offered to do the sequel, which he probably isn't going to do because by then he'll be on... One of his own projects. And then no somebody else's fair haired yeah, boy. That's all right too, because to me, as far as I'm concerned, they should make a Star Wars movie every two years with a different director. Kind of like what they've been doing with the James Bond movies mm-hmm. with great success. Everyone, they got a different director to do it. Get a different director with a different directorial style. This way, the director doesn't get tired right. and burnt out. Like John Glenn did, did, what, three or four that was in a row? Yeah, role? John
0: Glenn did three or four.
1: Which is nothing wrong with that, because mm-hmm. as we said, Cubby Broccoli was a guy that was very loyal to people. Yeah. And if if you were doing good work for him and the movies would turn to a profit, why should he change Exactly, it? Which I can understand. But I like it now that we're getting a new director. Although this guy in this Skyfall, they
0: should get him back Sam again. Sam Mendes? Yeah, get Sam Mendes. Who knew Sam Mendes had that in him? But the thing that I would find interesting, if they're going to go with a different director for each Star Wars film, don't let them be high-bound by what Lucas wrote. Because different directors have different interests. And different sensibilities, right? So we could get different stories set in the same universe. An Alex Proyas Star Wars movie Oh, oh see, there would you go. be a much different from a Neil Blomkist Star Wars movie, which would be different still from a Daniel Goyne. different. Oh,
1: man, I know, and I agree with you one hundred percent.
0: This world is deep. It's got a lot as of different I Dislike it, not deep as in it's intellectually deep. It's deep in that there are a lot of different things that were introduced in those first three films.
1: But see, this is what I'm saying. Somebody like you, who is a Proyers fan, but right. you're not a Star Wars fan. there's no way in hell, you would not go see an Alex, Alex Proyas, Boy's yeah. Star Wars movie. And in return, that might make you sit there and say, this isn't so bad. Maybe I'll give the other movies, well, we which is why you do. We you know? come
0: back to the Star Trek experiment of yeah, a couple we of we years did, ago. We go. Yeah. What Did I end up coming down there going, oh, fuck this series? Yeah. No, I came out saying, I don't like it, but I I can still see don't like people... it, but I can see why people... Exactly. Exactly.
1: Which is all I really wanted. I didn't think you were going to be a convert. Because yeah. just... And you know what? It's all right. Which is yeah. what we keep telling people. It's okay to like what you like, and it's okay that people don't like what mm-hmm. you like. I appreciate the fact that Tom doesn't like everything. That I like and I didn't think you were going to come out being a dot in a little trekkie wearing Spocky, yeah. But I did think that you would come away with a new appreciation right. and respect for the material, which is what you did,
0: right? There's one movie that I took away from that. Where I said, This film is a great film, and I'm probably going to revisit it again sometime. Oh, yeah, Undiscovered Country, which is Undiscovered Country, which right? Is, yeah. right. Because uh-huh. it
1: worked on so many levels, mm-hmm. it was a murder mystery, was- and they had the space acting. If you want all that flying around with yeah. action adventure, you had that back on the Enterprise. You went back every once in a while to see Spock doing the Sherlock Holmes thing, yeah. and you had the political Manchurian candidate right. in there. You had a
0: whole lot of different levels working in that one movie.
1: Yeah, right after the Wrath of Khan, that's my
0: favorite too. Yeah. What can we take away from this announcement? First off, don't fly off the handle, folks. Yeah. It's just an announcement. It's a long way away before we actually see the movie. Just let me say this real quick before we wrap this up.
1: This is a game that I refuse to play anymore. I don't do it. And people get mad with me because they say, oh, well, who do you think should play so-and-so? And who? I refuse to waste my time and burn up my brain cells worrying about a movie that's not going to be made for another four or five years. Right. But okay. people want to start speculating that. About casting now. Casting. I got into an argument. On Facebook chat the other day I'm not going to mention the person's Mm -hmm. name But they listen to the thing They know who they are Because I refuse to talk about the Justice League movie Every week there's a new announcement about. Mm -hmm. They don't know themselves what they want to do. All they know is that they want a superhero movie That will make Avengers
0: money That is all they know Okay, here's my problem with the casting gang uh-huh. And it's funny because this came up because elsewhere on Earth2.net, Mike Sims and his wife Shayna mm-hmm. do a podcast called For Better or Worse. They look at a classic film, they evaluate it and they recast it as if it was being remade today. Oh, okay. And my problem with that show, and it's a very good show and I have listened to every episode and I will continue to listen to every episode. Mm-hmm. Is that it's, at best, kind of a spurious intellectual exercise. Mm -hmm. Because you and I sat down and we were going to recast J.J. Abrams' Star Wars film. We were going to cast it with people who are famous now. Mm -hmm. Right. People that we were knowledgeable with now. And what we would end up with is a film with mm-hmm. would cost, just by casting alone, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. This is the fallacy of the casting game, is that we automatically go for the biggest names. When, in, in all honesty, who is a really big name in that Star Wars reboot? Not very many people. The biggest name, I think, was Zachary Quinto. Yeah, was, yeah, you're right. Was that and Carl Carl Urban, but Carl, Carl Urban, Urban was still kind of a little bit of uh, under the under radar. Under radar. Yeah, I know. Yo, I know
1: what you mean. Yeah, Zachary and Zachary Quinto had just come more off the of of heroes, off the of heroes. Yeah, which is why he was such a big yeah. name. And I think that Zoe Saldana, like you said, yes. she
0: was at that cusp uh, that Carl was, Urban was. When we do the casting game, we do the big names and we create an unreasonable scenario for a film.
1: That's why you're never going to see another Men in Black. Mm-hmm. With Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Was it because it was a bad movie? Well, no, it's not because it's a bad movie, but because that movie cost the studio something like 80, 90 million dollars before a foot of film had ever been right. shot. Because Will Smith got 25 mm-hmm. million dollars, Tommy Lee Jones got 25 mm-hmm. million dollars, the director, Barry Seinfeld. Barry Seinfeld, got 25 million dollars. This was before any film had right. been shot because it was in their contract that if there was a Men in Black 3, they would do it, and this is how much they got paid. Right. As a consequence, that movie has still not made its money back. Now, you may see Another Men in Black in another couple of years, but it's going to be a reboot new and ride. With That's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for the two op- guys from
0: CW series.
1: Don't laugh, my friend. That's how it's going to be, because the studio cannot afford to make
0: Another Man in right. Black
1: with those guys again. They It'll can't
0: do will be like Carl Urban playing the Tommy Lee Jones part. Yeah. And some black kid from a CW Seriously. Show. That's what's going to happen. So that's why we're not doing the, oh, it would be great if Luke Skywalker was played by this person. Uh-huh. Or Mara Jade, to use a name I know is a very popular character from the expanded yeah universe. Mara Jade yeah Mara Jade would be played by this cat. We used to do this a bit when we first started Better the Dog. Yeah, we, we don't did, do it but anymore. We
1: don't do it. It's a waste of time. It's something fun to do, and it's something that I do on my Dylan blog. Right. I play the casting call, and I said that's just I do for fun. I don't actually think that these people, because somebody they emailed me and they were really debating. My mm-hmm. choices over this and that I said wait 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 hold on Let me explain something I really don't think That If I'm blessed enough for it, There to be a Dylan movie These people are actually Going to play the part right. Well I'm not that egotistical This is just a little
0: fun Intellectual yeah. exercise i pointed out in the Better in the Dark blog that there's a certain actress who is Dow Jones in my mind. Right. I'm not an idiot. I know that mm-hmm. if they ever got around to making that in which case they'd have to go through a whole lot of other better ideas before they got to me.
1: Well no they probably picked somebody who was like unknown. The bottom line when it comes to casting certain For every movies, Michelle
0: Yeoh there's always a Maggie Q just bubbling right. under the surface.
1: Yeah exactly. That's what they're going to get. They draw up a short list of people okay well who's at the top of this list and unless it's for a specific reason why they want to get that person Mm-hmm. They will always take the second or third person because they can get them for cheaper. Unless you have something you want that star power to draw people into the movie theaters, you never know why. You may have somebody that's coming along. Like, you remember right. when Limitless, Limitless came out? Okay. Now, Bradley Cooper was at that cusp that we were right. talking about earlier where he wasn't a star yet, but he was getting some notice due yeah. to the 18. So what they did, they got Rob De Niro to prop him up. Does he need it now?
0: No, he doesn't need it because Bradley Cooper is doing good. But still, they got Rob De Niro for this other movie. But that's because I heard they like working together. We but go back to Parker, the film that came out today. You and I had this discussion. I was not comfortable with the idea of Jason Statham playing no Parker God. at all. But as it's been pointed out, he's one of the few action stars that can open a movie big. And matter of fact, it was so funny. I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago. Then I even put it on
1: the veteran Draw Facebook page. I said, damn, it's like the 80s all over again. Because yeah. we have Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. in action. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis. Right. All in the same month These over 60 action stars From the 80's mm-hmm. Have movies come Well why? We don't right. have
0: action stars now Jason Statham Is just about the it's only like one like the only Real action star They keep trying You can ask Tyler Lautner They tried to open A couple of films with him And he, that didn't work Oh what was that stupidity Where he played the kid I know which one You're talking about Unstoppable Or uh, Unbreakable un- Or un- yeah. Unwatchable but, uh, or. <laughs> Well, it was well, un-something. It, it was un-something, yeah. I am really
1: saddened by mm-hmm. that because you and I are both action movie fans. Right. I like being dependable to say, okay, I can go see so-and-so in an action movie. I know that every couple of months he'll be making a new right. action movie. Dwayne Johnson, he's let us down mm-hmm. considerably. Although I hear that he's got something that he's supposed to be doing. But that last movie that he
0: made... Well, there has got Pain and Game coming. I think Michael that's Bay what, comedy.
1: Uh, no, this is an action movie. I okay. remember, it's coming out. But mm-hmm. what was the last decent action movie that you saw in okay. the theater? In the theater? Yeah.
0: I can't remember, man.
1: You know what I think was really the last one, and this is okay. sad. Fast Five. Okay, I'll buy At that. Fast Five? What? Last year.
0: Two years ago. Two years ago. We're getting fast six this year. That was like summer. really
1: the last decent action movie that I can remember yeah. right now at the top of my head, which means it probably was. See them all the time on Netflix. I go on there. Okay. Only, but not in the theater because we don't have guys that are doing action movies. Sad. It is. We got to rely on Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Willis, who admittedly good, look good for guys their
0: age. I'm sorry. I just for some reason flashed on this picture of Jason Statham as Luke Skywalker. Right, you want a piece of this? <laughs> Try suck on me lightsaber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing him. <laughs> I bet you would be a kick-ass fight <laughs> Jason Statham as a Jedi Knight. Yeah, I paid money for that. So what did we learn? Wait, a,
0: okay, okay. We've seen in the past that certain Jedi Knights can have different style light weapons. Darth Maul had those light nunchuck thingies. No, he had a double-bladed, double-bladed one. He had
1: a double-bladed one, yeah.
0: The thing I have pictured now is mm. Jason Statham with a light brass knuckle. Mmm. Because that would be, that, be that, his style. That's, that's badass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck the sword. Give me something I can punch people with. And
1: the Jedi Knights, they do have different fighting styles. Yeah. If you go, there is a website, believe it or not, that will detail all the different fighting styles of Jedi Knights.
0: I've created a new Star Wars character, and I don't even like Star Wars.
1: Isn't that something? What with brass knuckles?
0: You better copyright that shit.
1: <laughs> Somebody is listening to this right now, and they say, you know that's good That's idea. a badass
0: idea. But anyway, what have we learned? Don't get your knickers in a twist right now. It's just an announcement, and you'll find out in 2015. Yeah. I guess that's all we have learned. That's all we have. And I have an idiot uncle. Well, we all have idiot uncles, Tom. Don't it was nothing that was as interesting as my revelation of the fact that I have a beautiful one elect in the last .5. Don't feel so bad. <laughs> we
1: all have idiot
0: uncles. And I think I'm up with a new
1: catchphrase.
0: We all have idiot uncles. Don't put that on a t-shirt. Don't feel bad. We, we all have idiot, idiot. uncles. And somewhere, Caelan Connolly <laughs> is writing this down <laughs> part of our <laughs> catchphrase list. Because <laughs> next time we have him on He's going to try to break the cash oh, He's going to try to
1: put that in a, yeah, yeah. In a, in a
0: wrap Oh my yes. so, <laughs> Don't feel bad <laughs> You're all oh, that idiot So until next time people Watch out for Jason Statham Watch and that and lightsaber <laughs> I'm going to hit you with the fist It's got my light knuckles on it Hard <laughs> Then I'm going to eat some gravel Wait and fuck Amy Smart in the middle of the Monteisley catina And Bob's your uncle. <laughs> I've got a movie here. Yeah, you do. God help me. I've got a Star Wars movie here. You got crank, Star Wars. Wars cranks, Star, Star it's Wars. It's like you know how that like Lego has the Star Wars. Star Wars cranked. Watch the shit out of that movie. Oh man. Oh my god. It practically writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. God bless.
0: This has been your Better in the Dark Point 5 featuring Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Normal service will return in two weeks. If you'd like to comment on this or any other episode of the program, please send an email to betterinthedark at earth2.net. That's betterinthedark at earth-2.net. If you feel this stopgap is not sufficient, please visit the Better in the Dark Central site at www.betterinthedarksite.com and don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at wwwb com Better in the Dark Point 0.5 is a conspiracy productions presentation in association with the earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyright, Thomas E. J. and Derek Ferguson. Transmission ends in 3, 2, 1.